0: As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com/easy. That's s k y l i g h t c a l.com/easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com/easy.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now between fear and love. It's
2: just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are.
3: Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this incredibly special episode, Brandon Joe Williams joins us to talk about the most empowering thing I think I've heard in a while. And it's got some really interesting implications that I would highly encourage you to research further, as I am personally doing, going through his courses right now, and it's just very, 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 very interesting. So, you're going to love this episode, guys. We're not going to spend much time here, but definitely take a listen to the after episode for all the affiliate stuff that we have going on and more ways to contact. Without any further ado, Brandon, Joe Williams. Yeah! All right, Brandon Williams, welcome into the show fucking nice to meet another brandon and thank you for representing the b dogs of the world out there with such a dope message and shirt to boot by the way
2: lgb dude lgbt
3: you know what i'm saying you're representing let's (laughs) Let's go go, brandon Brandon there you go you know what i mean (laughs) <laughs> we're having a blast already dude. I'm going to link all the ways you one stupid fuck.com uh, all the ways to find you located down below. You're outstanding and you have a powerful message. I listened to your conversation on our dear friend uh, legit bats show um that the conversation you had I was fascinated, man. So we're going to get into this. We're going to take it down a very deep rabbit hole. This is going to have some visual aids associated with it. I'm going to go ahead and zoom. So audio only audience. Does, so yeah audio only audience check the link in the show description that very top one will be the video version of the show 100% free go check it out you're going to want to so Brandon for my audience not too familiar with you dude which we're about to get very familiar my friend tell us a little bit about you dude
2: uh quick question before we do that uh what percentage of your audience is audio only like um,
3: 80% a good number but okay, whenever no. i encourage them to link over they i mean n- skyrocket do
2: Good. So, uh, yeah, back to me. So, so I just, uh, I I was never a a huge crazy off the rails, not off the rails, but off the beaten path. I, I didn't, I never trusted much of anything I ever been told because it didn't make any sense. And when I was little, I was the most intelligent aspect of, of me when I was little was just that I'm looking around at all these people who think they got it all figured out and they're fucking miserable. So I'm like, all right, these people don't have it figured out. Like I'm not going to learn from these fucking idiots. Like they're all depressed. They're all sad. Uh, that's all I knew as a kid that that was, that was basically the extent of my, of my, of my knowledge of everything. Right. I got kicked out of school. I got expelled from like multiple schools. My mom had to like sue the state of Indiana and they ended up taking like a therapy facility and they ended up taking half the therapy facility and making a whole school out of it. And it was a bunch of like martial arts trained teachers and nurses. And it was just me and this other kid named Mitchell. And it's a long story. But basically, uh, I've I've never really I've never necessarily been an enemy of the mainstream like world, but like for some reason, it just it just never worked out, never worked out, never worked out. And then as I got older, I started to realize more and more as to why it wasn't working out and that kind of thing. But it was kind of a slow I never had anyone around me that was exposing me to any of this. It was just me feeling like I'm in a void because I grew up in Indiana. So in Indiana, it's it's very old, old world. It's a very old world place to be, right? In a lot of good ways, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, learned a lot about respect and learned a lot about, uh, you know, work ethic and learned a lot about, like, you know, mo- morality and it, it, that kind of stuff is, is you either get it or we're going to beat it into you, you know, which which to some degree makes sense and, and is somewhat workable. You know, it depends on your the way you think. And I understand that. Especially not this in today's world. Especially in California, that's considered kind of crazy. But where I'm from, it's not so crazy. And it, and it it is somewhat interesting to think back and to 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 look at my life and to look at everything and and that kind of thing. But as I got older, uh, you know, I, I definitely started to see that there was a lot of things going on that that, that I didn't like and that didn't make any sense to me. Right, and uh, flunking out of college twice and going through all this stuff. So. Fast forward to now, and uh, I had uh, taken over a, a free company that I had gotten from a buddy of mine. He, he calls me and he says, hey, uh, my my dad's walking away from his landscaping company and I want to take it over. And I said, you know, you don't know a goddamn thing about anything, business or marketing or finance. And he, he's been working for the, the Department of Water and Power for 22 years in Los Angeles. And he could build he could build uh um, he could, he could rip the whole road out and place cranes in there and rebuild like, you know, all the electrical. He's like a, he's like a construction God. Right. And so I said, what the hell are you going to do with a company? You don't know a damn thing about it. And he said, well, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> he said, I want, I want to partner with you. I'll handle all of the technical side and you do all the marketing and all the, all the, the legal and the, and the, and the, and the taxes and the, and the, and the finance and the sales and the, all that bullshit. My my best friend at the time had just left another landscaping company because they were fucking him around. And he was a salesperson and designer for six years. And it just seemed like the 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 the, the stars were aligning here for a really beautiful situation, right? So I, I went ahead and took the plunge. And uh it was really, really rocky for several months. And then after several months, uh the the employment development department, which is the payroll tax department of the California mafia government decided they wanted to just trespass onto one of my job sites and they wanted to print me up a bill stating that I owed all this money because I wasn't paying payroll taxes and they just kind of made the whole thing up and it was going to wipe out the whole company because we didn't have any way of paying any of that. And I talked to a lawyer and I talked to an accountant and I talked to some friends who are very successful in business and they all said the same thing. We'll just create a, create a payment plan. And I'm like, create a payment plan for what, what the fuck am I paying for? I'm paying for the mafia to go away. Uh -uh, I ain't playing that game. So I had a friend of mine who was trying to tell me about all this crazy ass shit for two years. And I kept telling her, hell no, you're crazy. You're, You're nuts. I'm not looking at any of that. And then, and then this whole EDD thing was the catalyst that pushed me into calling Nancy and being like, all right, Nancy, I've been telling, you no for two years, I got this issue. Can I come over tomorrow? And uh, I went over to see Nancy. Nancy runs the California Assembly here in here in Los Angeles. She lives in Studio City. And uh, so what the California Assembly is, is basically it's the it's the original non-corporate state government that's actually run by volunteers. Every state has one or, or more. Texas probably has a fucking ton of them. Um, different chapters or whatnot. Okay. And, and what the, what the assemblies are doing is they're rebuilding like original common law court courtrooms, original common law, uh, grand juries uh, original common law relationships at the sheriff's office uh, original common law liens. It's basically like the entire original legal system of America of which the corporate system is literally just a fake duplicate of, which is really fascinating. Uh so it's it's very similar in a lot of ways. It even uses the same words. Like for example, in the corporate legal world, they use the word firearms. But as you can see in the 2nd Amendment of the Constitution, they don't use the word firearms. They use the word arms. So so the corporate legal world is literally just a complete duplicate of the original lawful world. And then all it is just change all of the words a little bit. And it's literally the same thing. Like there's, there's liens in the old world and there's liens in the new corporate world. There's, there's, there's laws in the original world and then there's statutes or policies or codes. That's the words that they use in the new world and the corporate world. Uh, You know, there, there's even, the, everything's been just slightly adjusted. That's why it can be so confusing. Cause it's like, well, wh- what are they talking about here? Right? So I learned all this stuff from Nancy and then I was like, okay, this is really interesting. So I went online I started trying to find some information about this and I couldn't find anything on the internet, hardly at all. I mean, there's very little information available. So I said, okay, fine. So I went on Amazon and I started looking up books and I found a lot of information. So I went on a shopping spree I bought probably 40 books and I had them all shipped to me. I was actually traveling at the time. So I bought a bunch and then I read a bunch and then I was traveling and then I was having them sent to me at hotel rooms. And I read probably 25 different books. And by the time I finished those 25 books is when I launched my website on March 14th of 2022. And I decided that I wanted to take all this information that I was reading in all these books and i wanted to put all of the information on into one free online resource so originally that was my state national theory page and then that was launched on uh, march 14 2022 and then what happened was is i was i was expanding and editing uh that page almost every single day all the way up until july And it went from a small book to basically a full-size book in length, and it got a lot more clear, and I was able to get a lot of additional supporting material and and specific statutes, and I was able to put all the proof in there and start, start, start weaving a lot of proof and evidence and source material into that to give it a lot more credibility, right? And it wasn't just some guy called one stupid fuck on the internet. Which, you know, was like a personal challenge. It's like, okay, if I can call myself one stupid fuck and still and still figure this out, that's that's how far I'm gonna have to take this in order to be taken seriously. Right. So, so by July, so so people kept telling me, you know, oh, can you do videos? Can you do videos? Can you do videos? Can you do can you do something? And I was like, no, I was like, if you really want this information, you need to fucking read it. Like if you can't read and you're not willing to read, then you're just gonna fail at all of this. So why don't you just read it? And then eventually, you know, good people, really, really good people. And it, it, it didn't really pick up a whole lot of steam, really, up until this point. Um, I was getting maybe 250, 300 people a month to the website, which, you know, that's that's not nothing, but that's basically nothing. Right. So by July, I, I had I had completed a lot of my initial research and I had written this theory page out to this like glorious level. And I thought, you know what, everyone is asking me for a video course. And they've been asking me for months and months and months. I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do a video course. And it took me five weeks working on it every single day. It was about 24 hours of video. And I went through, so my theory page is, is numbered one through 37. And it ha- each, each number has a different subject that we talk about, right? And so I made the course the same exact thing, 37 different videos, each of the different points of the state national theory page and then i launched it on july 2nd uh when i launched it on july 2nd that's when things started to get really crazy really fast okay i started started blowing up i started getting 800 then 1500 then 2400 then 5500 people a month were coming to the website Then I started building out paid ads. I started running Google, uh, 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 Facebook paid ads. I started running uh, other ads. I hired uh, Jeremy Ryan Slate over at Command Your Brand Media uh, to start getting me on podcasts. So I started getting on a lot of podcasts. And now we're up to probably um, uh, on a monthly basis, I would say we're probably well over 10000 a month. Uh, Let me see here.
3: Shout out Jeremy Ryan Slate while you're doing that. Awesome dude, friend of the show. Had him yeah. on. Love oh, that yeah. dude.
2: So uh, twenty thousand. Le- this last thirty days was twenty thousand people, which that's a lot for me. I've never, you know, I've been doing marketing and sales my whole life, and that's, you know, to me that's a lot. I, you know, coming out the gate with such strange marketing and such strange everything, and coming out the gate with absolutely nothing. Uh, no, nothing to to fall back on. Nothing, just a small, tiny little a base of fans that I had, I've written a couple of books. One was on love and romance and the other one was on um, sales and marketing. And I had a teeny tiny little fan base based off those two books that I had written. And uh, that is, that is the, the story behind how this, this whole crazy thing became a reality. And now I'm on, I'm on probably four or five shows a week and I'm booked for David Ike next week. And, uh, there's, there's there, I just got, I'm, we're just working out the booking for tinfoil hat with Sam Tripoli. And so now I'm starting to get into these kind of really amazing larger shows. And, and, and I do all the smaller shows too. I have people who reach out who have 10, 10 viewers and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Uh, because every time I go on one of these shows, I, I learn something and it, it improves my own, my own, uh, understanding of this and it challenges me and that kind of thing. So I just love it. And I love all the people on these shows and I just love the, um, I love the post covid uh uh like coming out of a days uh mentality of 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 the world right now. I love the I love the 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 post hangover <laughs> consumerism. <laughs> you know like, what, I mean? what I, do we I do just, now? I I love it. I love I love the the I I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think that I think that now there's never been a better time for people who are saying it's time to expand our reality. So
3: come on, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for weaving that in. Nice job. All right. Checks in, checks in the mail. Thank you for that. Yeah. So have you been on union of the unwanted yet or the ripple effect with Ricky?
2: Mm, okay. No, I don't think so.
3: Okay. I got you on that. We're good. Uh, okay. And you're going to love Sam. He's a really good dude. Uh, tell yeah, me. Oh, yeah. Hi. Okay, so I'm just noting here for all of y'all, and you're welcome, audiences. So there you go. Uh, fascinating, first of all, absolutely fascinating. Uh, your website, uh, and again, it's hilarious, guys. All the ways to find them are linked to down below. Make sure that you check it out. It's it's information packed and hilarious and entertaining and amazing. So um, I want to talk to you about citizenship because this is a very interesting thing whenever we really break this down because again the information that you proposed here and I'm really going to get out of your way and I know I'm going to be doing some reading as well I'm very ready for this so uh, I'm going to get out of your way for the most part here because what you have to say is fascinating and amazing and it's really going to challenge some people but inspire everyone in this audience and I know that so uh, for the audience's sake I'm really I'm here to learn just like them so please take us through this my friend and thank you in advance for being here with us.
2: I love it. Yeah, I was literally just on a show yesterday with uh, a guy who's has mostly veterans and law enforcement. That was <clears throat> oof, oof. that was a, that was an interesting one. I had to preface the whole presentation. Right. I think. But but for this show, I think I won't need to do that. I mean, obviously, if there's any any military or police, uh, you know, a, a lot of people who are talking about all this information may act as though they're not uh, very friendly towards you. Uh, that's not what we are, uh, what I stand for. I stand for. Uh, everyone has human rights. Everyone deserves to have human rights, including the police, including the judges, including everybody else. And, uh, you know, we, we all, we all should be looking at this information and and learning together as a group. And, uh, so just to be clear on that, so, so we can go ahead and get started. I will, um, share my screen
3: please do so audio only audience again uh, video link in the show description and as you're pulling this up man you know one thing that you mentioned here another thing that sort of comes to mind when folks think about this sort of idea is these sovereign citizen videos that we've seen maybe about 10 years ago five years ago they were coming out and these people just being obnoxious as hell and you were kind of rooting for the cops at that point but you delineate yourself from that type of activity and because it's not representing the idea well and so that's just something i want to point out here ahead of time that I've really looked into what you do and what you represent. And you will be taking us through this as you do. But again, the uh that point in fact was something that I found very interesting. And and again, why you're here, my friend.
2: Yeah. My 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 uncle was a very prominent Marine. He used to teach uh uh long range rifle sniping and that kind of thing in the Marines. Um, very decorated. Um, my brother's in the sheriff's office in Indiana. Um so So it's one of those things where uh, you know, people who are upset about all this, it's the, the problem is, is' just that they um, they need to learn more, because once you learn more and learn more and learn more and learn more, those frustrations, those angers, those hostilities, they start to fall away. So, so most people start off maybe kind of angry or just in complete apathy about the whole thing. What can I do about the situation? It's so far beyond anything I can do. Then normally what happens is they, I'm going to go through this with you. And normally what's going to happen is you're going to become very, very angry during this okay now what's happening is is you're actually coming up the emotional scale okay so you're going to go into almost like a rage i mean i i've seen people literally uh get so mad that they pretty much just want to smash everything around them that's okay i understand why someone would be in that kind of a a condition, especially someone who loves America, because what you're going to see here during this presentation is you're going to see a complete subversion of Liberty and a complete subversion of, of how beautiful America really is. And it's, it's a rape of America. Okay. And if that doesn't upset you, there's something wrong with you. Okay. So, so, so the anger, the frustration, the hostility, that's normal. But what we need to do is we need to move through that not necessarily take a lot of action during that time period, realize that that is a, that is a, a unavoidable, uh, a side effect of coming up the scale from, there's nothing I can do. What can I do? It's bigger than me all the way up to fuck them. I'm going to smash them because now I feel like I can do something about the situation. Right. And then we're going to go up above that even, and we're going to go up into, they deserve human rights. Cause they're human. I'm human. I deserve human rights. I need to get educated. I need to educate others and I'm going to educate them as well because they deserve to have the information as well. And that's the the ultimate ideal ending location for all of this information. Okay. So if you start getting super pissed, totally normal, I just wouldn't recommend that you go out and start taking a lot of action. That's usually where your sovereign citizen type people end up. Yeah. Okay. They get pissed. They learn a few things. They create enemies. And they get in trouble. Okay. There's a lot of guys that are out there that you'll never see in the news and the media that go above that level. They learn this stuff really well. We have good intentions and, and we'll never make it in the media because they don't want people knowing that this can be done. Okay. Yep. So with that said, let's start at the beginning. We've got, so all you have to do to do any of this information, you don't need to be a lawyer. In fact, I wouldn't even want to talk to a lawyer. They're harder to talk to than just a normal people about this because they can't believe any of this and they make excuses all day long, okay? So so if you're not a lawyer, you're actually going to probably have an easier time with this than if you're a lawyer, okay? You go on Google and you type in 28 space USC space 3002, okay? USC stands for uh, uh, United States Code, OK, hit enter. It's going to come up and it's going to say definitions two twenty-eight 28 USC, uh, 3002 definitions, Cornell University. Click on that. You're going to go down to subsection 15 and then I'll have you read this. Brandon, just read this first part and section a
3: United States means a federal corporation.
2: And which word in uh, section A is capitalized?
3: It'd be the federal. The F in federal is capitalized, my friend.
2: Excellent. So later on the later in the show, I'll I'll cover why that is, but it's a little bit more advanced and we're going to we're going to park down the side. So for right now, you can just kind of skip over that word if you want. So it's a corporation. United States means corporation. You can keep it that simple for now and you'll be just fine. OK, now the second question is, where is that corporation located? You would think, oh, it's located in, in the giant landmass that has all the states in it and everything. No, it's actually not located there at all. We're going to go to UCC 9-307. UCC stands for Uniform Commercial Code. It's called Location of Debtor. Now, now this debtor situation, for a lot of people who are wondering why it's called Location of Debtor, it's, it's debtor to the Federal Reserve. hmm Okay. So uh, this corporation is a debtor to the Federal Reserve. Where is this corporation located? Go ahead and read section H.
3: The United States is located in the District of Columbia. Uh Uh-huh. So So all
2: they did was create a corporation, and they named that corporation United States. And the District of Columbia is a foreign corporate zone, and they don't have jurisdiction over any of the 50 states of the union because the 50 states are actually completely separate nations as per the uh, Articles of Incorporation. We're going to get into all the scam and everything as to how exactly they got jurisdiction over the States. They never actually did. Even to this day, even June 2nd at 2 34 PM Pacific standard time, uh, to, to, uh year 2020 uh, 23 at this exact moment, the district of Columbia has absolutely zero jurisdiction over any of the 50 uh, nation States of the 50 States of America. And I will prove that, and I will show that as we go forward, right? And then I'll prove how they, they they, created an entire illusionary system that they used to trick us into getting jurisdiction, okay? So now we know that the location of the United States is in the District of Columbia. Now, that doesn't mean, that means exclusively in the District of Columbia, only in the District of Columbia, nowhere else, okay? So it is a corporation private for-profit corporation. The definition of corporation or the purpose of corporation is a maximum profit for shareholders. That is the definition of the purpose of the word corporation. An actual government, and and the Supreme Court has even said that a government can't be a corporation. And there's actually a whole definition we can go into on that. They actually call it what's called a de facto government, right? Mm -hmm. And I can actually, I've never covered this on any show before. We'll do some exclusive stuff here. Expanding
3: Um, reality. Let's
2: do it. De facto government. What is a de facto government? It's a government of fact. A government actually exercising power and control in the state as opposed to true and lawful government. It's a government that's not established according to the constitution of the state or not lawfully entitled to recognition or supremacy, but which has nevertheless supplanted or displaced the original non-corporate government called du jour. So de jour means original non, non-corporate de facto means of fact, whether it's, whether it should be of law or not. It just, it exists basically, right? Of fact, right? A de facto government is a government deemed unlawful or deemed wrongful or unjust, which nevertheless receives presently habitual obedience from the bulk of the community, Here's another definition of de facto government. This is really fascinating. Uh, There are several degrees of what is called de facto government, such a government in its highest degree assumes a character very closely resembling that of a lawful government. This is when the usurping government expels the regular authorities from their customary seats and functions and establishes itself in their place. And so becomes an actual government of a country. The distinguishing characteristic of such a government is that adherence to it in war against the government, the original non-incorporated government, government de jour, do not incur the penalties of treason and under certain limitations, obligations assumed by it in behalf of the country or otherwise will in general be respected by the government de jure when restored. That last part's a little bit unclear, right? Wow. We're going to go into the third definition of de facto. This is a really fascinating. This is what I consider to probably be one of the most fascinating ones. Such a government, meaning a de facto government, might be more aptly denominated a, quote, government of paramount force, end quote being maintained by active military power against the rightful authority of an established and lawful government and obeyed in civil matters by private citizens. They are usually administrated Directly by military authority, but they may be administered also by civil authority, supported more or less by military force, which is exactly what we have. Mm-hmm. We have a private for-profit corporation that's located in the District of Columbia that is, that is more aptly denominated a government of paramount force that is operated entirely through military power. Okay. That is, that is what a de facto government actually means. And that's from black's law directly fourth edition. Okay. So what we have is we have a corporation that's located in the district of Columbia. Okay. And it's called United States. Okay. Now, uh, without, without crawling through the dictionary and trying to find it, the definition of the word citizen, uh, I mean, actually, let's go ahead and just look this up real quick. Definition of citizen, right? So citizen is... Citizen. Citizen is an interesting one. People think that, you know, it's just like the normal dictionary definition of citizen, which is you just kind of live somewhere and you're just kind of part of the group or whatever, right? Um, (laughs) There's a lot more info than that, that you can actually look up in Black's Law. Black's Law, you'd be surprised. Sometimes you look up a definition of a word and it might be six pages of definitions. And so Black's Law Dictionary, these are all definitions that came out of the legal system. Now you might think to yourself, well, that's a bad thing. Fuck the legal system. But (laughs) in the real truth is some of these definitions are a hundred or 150 years old from people who may have spent days and days and days trying to hash out. The definition of a word. And I'll tell you right now, just normal words in your life, just normal everyday words that you see when you're looking around, you can look those words up in Blackslaw Dictionary and it will, you want to talk about expanding realities? <laughs> there, There is no, in my opinion, this is my opinion, there is no better place to expand your reality than than Blackslaw Dictionary uh, any time i see any word i don't understand it could be something that has nothing to do with law at all the first place i go to look for a definition is black's law i go to other dictionaries as well but but the way that i think of black's law is that these people are are generally pretty intelligent and 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 yes the system is pretty corrupt but a lot of these definitions may have come from 50 or 100 or 120 years ago uh, they spend a lot of time Uh, almost an insane amount of significance went into trying to sort out what some of these definitions mean. Right. Mm. So citizen, a member of a free city or, or, or society, I'm going to just not say certain words because it's just going to make it more confusing. Yes. uh, Possessing all of the rights and privileges, which can be enjoyed by any person under its construction and government and subject to the corresponding duties citizens are members of community inspired to a common goal who in associated relations submit themselves to rules of conduct for the promotion of general welfare and conservation of individual as well as collective rights so what does that mean it means that you you literally like submit yourself and, and people are like, oh, that's, that's such a negative thing. You know? No. Okay. A, a good example of, of, of an application of this in the real world is HOAs. You are submitting yours. You want it. Yeah, You're like, fuck yeah. yes. I want, <laughs> I want a clean, safe, secure place. That's, that's, that's inexpensive that someone else is going to manage for me. I don't need to fucking mow my lawn. I don't need to fuck with the trees. I don't need to paint the side of the, this is great. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my entire life. I have a hard on walking into this place. Okay. That for a lot of people, why in the fuck would you be in an HOA if you didn't feel that way? doesn't make any sense because I have people who reach out to me and they're like, I'm in this HOA and the the HOA director is fucking me about what can I do? I'm like, bro, what I know, you could build a skyscraper with machine guns on it. But why would you want to? (laughs) Why would you fucking want to, bro? Like you moved in there because that's the whole that's the whole point. You're submitting yourself to the rules and regulations of this area in exchange for. Benefits and promotion of your general welfare. So, 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 I do want to be clear. The, the definition of this word may seem, especially to this kind of an audience, negative. It's not negative. It just is. It just it's just an isness. It's just is. It's like you decide that you want to do it, or you decide you don't. If you don't, you move to an unincorporated section of Texas, like Brandon. Come on. And if you do, then you go into an HOA. I live in a very high-end apartment complex. I love the fact that I don't have to do fucking jack shit, okay? So I've submitted myself to this apartment complex, and I love it. I am a citizen of this apartment complex, okay? Now, the other thing about citizen is that this is a contractual agreement. If I want to leave this fucking apartment and no longer be a citizen of this building, boom, I'm gone. That's the other part of it. So, citizen implies a lot of things. It implies that you're a part of a group. It implies that there's a common goal. It implies that you're submitting yourself to be a part of the group and be a part of some kind of like standardized rule structure. And it also implies, and it doesn't even imply, it factually includes willful um, uh, agreement. Basically, to become a citizen, you have to have an agreement. It's not necessarily location based a lot of people are like oh you're a citizen because your your body is physically located in a location no not necessarily citizen is not purely location based there the citizen is not a forced contract technically nothing in this world is really a forced contract and and the more you learn about this stuff the more you'll realize that okay so 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 now we know what citizen is. And there's a lot of other things we can get into with that, but I think we've covered it pretty well. So now what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to mix these two definitions together. We have the term U S citizen. So now we're going to mix the definition of United States, which is a corporation that is located in the district of Columbia. And we're going to mix that with the definition of citizen. And now we have a definition of U S citizen. U S citizen is somebody who, who willfully and of their own, Volition agrees to become members of a city or society that is a corporate corporate society, no different than a giant Amex building that is physically located in the district of Columbia. You are, you are agreeing to become a part of that community. You are agreeing to move into that community. You are agreeing to, to become inspired by the same common goals of that community. You are agreeing to submit yourself to the rules of conduct and general promotion of general welfare of that community in exchange for protections of your, of your, uh, collective rights, essentially. So the term U S citizen means that you're moving into the district of Columbia. You're saying, hi boys, I'm moving in. Good to see you. Shaking hands. So U S citizen means I live in the district of Columbia and I'm an employee or officer of the corporation.
3: (sighs) It, it's so funny because it's such an d- apprehension. It's such a perversion of, of a true, really great idea. And it's sort of, you know, I'm just thinking as this goes here that, of course, they would institute this basic, this de facto government on top of a real structure that we all thought we were agreeing, agreeing to. So did our ancestors. I mean, my mom and dad think they're part of that thing, and my grandparents died thinking so and everything like that. So it's very interesting bringing this stuff up. And then it's interesting, too, when we see these... um politicians air quotes for the audio on the audience, uh, standing up on on podiums with these lines running down their neck because they're masks, you know, they're fake and they're putting on these incredibly detailed, uh, interesting looking masks. And so the whole thing is bullshit, which is just really interesting. I mean, soup to nuts. It's absolute bullshit. But it's funny. And as you go through this, we're going to learn more about this, how they hide it right on top of the other thing. It's just a smoke screen right on top.
2: Yeah. And and one of the things I've learned through all my research is that ugliness Can only expand in the society through an outer shell of beauty. And that is exactly what's occurring here. The beauty and the glory of America is the Trojan horse that's being used to bring in full communism. America, as of right now, or, I should say, United States, as of right now, is a completely communistic country. You don't own a goddamn thing. You don't own your car. You don't own your guns. You don't own your business. And I can prove all of it. And if you have enough time, I will. But the thing is, is that just to move forward from where we're at here, okay? So now we know what a US citizen is, right? And I'm assuming everybody on this podcast doesn't want to be one anymore. Well, of course you don't. Nobody does. If you ever knew what this meant, you would have never checked the box in the first place. The way the government looks at it is, is, is that you had a piece of paper and you could have checked yes or no. And you willfully freely clicked the yes button. You told them you're moving in. It's like, it's like telling mom and dad, I'm moving back in. See you on Saturday. They don't have a chance to say anything, right? That's kind of how they look at it, right? You moved in, you told them you're moving in, you moved in to the district of Columbia. Okay. Now, The District of Columbia is a foreign corporation. It's a foreign corporate zone that has absolutely nothing to do with any of the 50 states of America. Nothing. When you say you're a U.S. citizen, you're saying, I am not an American at all. I do not live in America. I do not have the Constitution. I do not have the Bill of Rights. I don't have anything. I'm an officer or employee of a foreign corporate zone, and I live there, and I exist there, and I follow all of their corporate bylaws called codes, such as the United States Code. So that said, there's actually another section that we can get into. So uh, they, they, they. Well, we'll leave it at that for right now. We'll get into some other stuff about that later, but. So basically now we know what us is we know what united states means that kind of thing so what happens is everyone in the whole world pretty much everyone in the country uh almost everybody who works for an employer fills out a w-9 form okay so part two certification under penalty is a perjury i certify that go ahead and read section number three
3: i am a u.s citizen or other u.s person defined below
2: And then look at right next to the signature. Go ahead and read there.
3: signature of U.S. person.
2: Now we're going to clear up the word person, which is going to shock the ever loving fuck out of you. (laughs) But U.S. We'll just stick with U.S. right now. U.S. means someone who lives in the District of Columbia. Okay. so so by signing this form now, now just to just to just to clarify, just to clarify, because I know some people are going to get freaked out. Okay. in order for something to be perjury, you have to be aware of it. If you weren't aware of it during the signature, it wouldn't be perjury. But now at this point, now that I've explained all this to you, if you continue to say that you are a citizen of the United States on forms or whatever, now that you're willful, it says here, whoever falsely and willfully represents himself to be a citizen of the United States, shall be defined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. So once you learn about this information, you can no longer state that you are a US citizen. Otherwise you are committing a felony. That's an important point, right? So the W9 form, the form that everybody fills out, because you don't know what a US citizen is or other US person, which we're going to clear, we're going to clear up here pretty soon, You're signing a form that states that you live in the District of Columbia. Now, when you live in the District of Columbia, you're taxed on everything. And we're going to cover that right now. So you go to 26 CFR, which stands for Code of Federal Regulations, 1.871-1. And we're going to talk about two different classifications. And I'm going to simplify all this for you guys big time, okay? For purposes of the income tax, alien individuals are divided generally into two classes, namely resident aliens and non-resident aliens. Now I'm going to replace the term United States with the District of Columbia, because it's going to make a lot more sense for you guys. So if you want to read this for yourself, it's going to say United States, but we've already cleared that up. That means the District of Columbia. So when I say it in this way, you're going to be like, holy fuck, this is crazy. Okay. Awesome. Resident alien individuals are, in general, taxable the same as citizens of the District of Columbia. That is, a resident alien is taxable on income derived from all sources, including sources outside of the District of Columbia. Non-resident alien individuals are taxable only on certain income from sources within the District of Columbia. And there's a second part, but when you dig into that, it doesn't really go anywhere. So we'll just stop right there. So a resident alien is someone who lives in the District of Columbia and they're taxed on every goddamn thing they do. A non-resident alien individual is someone who lives outside of the District of Columbia. They are only taxed on income sources that they get from the District of Columbia. So you are actually a foreigner. You are not a U.S. citizen. You are not a U.S. person. U.S. person is a little more complicated. I'm going to hold off on that one for a minute. So you're not supposed to be filling out a W-9 form. It's actually perjury as per 18 U.S.C. 911, up to three years in prison to write that you are a citizen of the United States from this point forward. Now that you are willful and you understand the definitions of the words. OK, so now that you realize you're backed into a corner and if you say you're a U.S. citizen and you're going to prison, no one will ever prosecute you for that. But it's there. It exists. Uh, let's clean up what the other option is. What other option do you have then? What am I? If I'm not a U.S. citizen, what the fuck am I? 8USC1101. This is all about citizenship and nationality and and all sorts of that kind of thing and foreigners and all sorts of good stuff. We're going to go down to subsection 21. 21, where are you? There it is. Go ahead and read this out loud.
3: The term national means a person owing permanent allegiance to a state.
2: Okay. Now, now I'm going to start talking about the big scam. How did the district of Columbia get jurisdiction over the 50 Republic States of the United States of America? Okay. Now the answer to that question is uh, what they did is they created Subcorporations of the United States called State of Texas, State of California, State of Nevada, the S in those is always capitalized. So if I were to go back to like any of these things and you were to look around and you were to find the word state being used by itself, because United States, they always capitalize it. Right. But if you were to go to even even the definition of United States, they're going to use a capital letter S for 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 state doesn't even come up. Wow. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. State.
3: Now, this may be trivial as we're looking this up here, but what about the what we're taught with English classes as far as like countries being capitalized and also, I mean, also corporations. So, what as we get into this, I'm just curious. Just keep that in mind that I'm curious about sort of the gram grammatical ramifications, the ramifications of this.
2: So I'm going to show, I'm going to show you, so look, they're, they're using, look at how they're capitalizing the word federal and the word state. Cause this is actually the key also to the definition of United States having a capital F. So if you look as they describe almost everything in the United States code, they have capital S and capital F for federal and for state. Now, when you look at the definition of national subsection 21 is the word state capitalized or is it lowercase?
3: Oh, shit. Lowercase, yeah.
2: Now, the reason why that is is because the the uppercase state means all of the corporations. Now, where do you think those corporations are located?
3: District of Columbia.
2: They're all located in the District of Columbia. State of California is a private subcorporation of the corporation called United States. State of California is physically located in the District of Columbia. So when you sign up for voter registration and you say that you're a resident of State of California and the S is capitalized, all you're doing is saying that you live in the District of Columbia. Hmm. Subsection 21, the term national means a person owing permanent allegiance to a non-corporate state meaning one of the original 50 nation states of america the non-incorporated so a national is someone who that's why it's the word national it's literally the word nation with a l at the end national you are one of, you are inside of and a part of and, and a member of the group of one of the 50 nation states of America. You are not a part of any corporate states. Now, if we were to take that, now that I've explained that, and we were to go back to the original definition of United States, the capital F means federal in between all of the corporate states. It has it's not federal between the non-corporate nation states at all. It has absolutely nothing to do with the 50 nation states. So the way that they've gotten jurisdiction over everybody is they get everybody to sign that they're a US citizen, they get everybody to sign that they live in state of Texas or state of California, now they have full jurisdiction because you don't live in America anymore, you live in the district of Columbia. And this is the scam. A national is someone who does not live in the district of Columbia. A national is someone who lives in one of the 50 states of the union. And the way it works is each nation state has its own term that's used to describe its citizens. I guess you could say to some degree, you could use that word or nationals, right? For example, in Texas, the legal term that is used to describe your nationality is Texan in California, the legal term that is used to describe your nationality, as per the this is all per the um, the government uh, styles manual, they literally tell you that there's 50 nation states, and they literally tell you um, what each term for each nation state is supposed to be for someone whose nationality is in that state. Uh, California is Californian. Uh, some of them are kind of funny. Like for in New Hampshire, it's a New Hampshireite. That is the that is the actual nationality of a national that lives in New Hampshire. Well, it's, it's
3: fascinating because the- they're assigning you a title as well that you're assigning. And so whenever you say, I am, which I dude proudly as fuck say, I am... Texan like crazy. Cause I'm proud of this state. I'm proud of where I'm from and the freedoms that I have here is really what I mean by that. It's just, it happens to be located in Texas. Right. And so it's interesting because you get so proud about it. You know, people get so um, it's like another football team or something. It's just another something to argue about and to dig your heels in and to be different than somebody because of, you know? Yeah.
2: Hmm. So what happened was it's the 14th amendment. The 14th Amendment is when all this craziness got started. Okay, so the 14th Amendment was at the very end of slavery. They took all the slaves and they made it entirely separate. Citizenship level for the slaves. Now, that slave citizenship was called U.S. citizens. And the way it works is is that all the slaves were made into U.S. citizens because all the people who supported slavery didn't want all the slaves to have the same rights as everybody else. So it was sort of like considered like a middle ground between full-blown slavery and the freedoms of being a true American. A U.S. citizen is that middle ground, okay? U.S. citizen is a federal employee or a federal citizenship that was basically a federal employee at that time, right? And I'm going to go into some quotes on that because there's a bunch of case law on that. Um, I think it's under section nine. And
3: just to let everyone know you're searching through your own website, which is so comprehensive, dude, it is so comprehensive. So again, all the ways to find him linked down in the show notes, definitely take some t- uh, spend some time with this guys. It's fascinating. He's done a ton of work on this. It's, it's incredible. Thank you. Well, thank you, dude. This is like, this is our core mission to give people back to themselves. You know, this is the expansion of consciousness cleverly disguised as a podcast, brother. So, this is right in our wheelhouse with all of this, man. This is empowerment. This is actionability. And um, it's very compelling. It's very interesting because this, I mean, this is, you're giving us the eyes to see this, especially with the capitalized stuff that Jordan Maxwell gave us with the fringe, with the maritime law. Oh, he's, all,
2: all this is all the same. It's just Jordan Maxwell all over again. That's what this is.
3: Do you know Brian Vecchio and Mark with America 21?
2: No. Got you.
3: You're going to have a list of a long emails, dude. Uh, I got you. We're going to connect you. Oh, with I'm super
2: excited. I mean, the more this gets out, the more the more people can become Americans. This is all about becoming an American. And I'll tell you right now, you learn this stuff. Uh, you can become a full-blown American and and carry any gun you want and do anything you want and pay no taxes to do everything. I'll teach you how to do everything, and it'll cost you maybe – three or 400 bucks to do literally everything you have to do, file all the documentation, get the special passport, everything under the sun, moon, and stars. A few hundred bucks, boom, done deal. Okay. So let's, let's start covering how did this whole U.S. citizen versus national thing come about, right? And the Supreme Court has already covered all this in the slaughterhouse cases. This is from like a long ass time ago, hundred years ago or something like that, okay? Supreme Court says... The first section of the 14th article, which means the 14th Amendment, to which our attention is more specifically invited, opens with a definition of citizenship, not only citizenship of the United States, but citizenship of the states. Now, they capitalized it here because at that time... All this weird corporate stuff didn't really exist. So it gets a little bit confusing. You have to actually look at the different timelines on these things because some of the older stuff may capitalize, but they're not referring to any of that stuff at all because it didn't exist back then. Okay. Continuing from that point forward. No such definition was previously found in the Constitution, nor had any attempts been made to define it by act of Congress. It is quite clear that there is a citizenship of the United States and a citizenship of a state which are distinct from each other and which depend upon different characteristics or circumstances in the individual. Okay. Now, now another term that's often used, especially in the, in the much older court cases, like way back, like in the early 1900s is the word, uh, the term state citizen. We don't really like to use that word so much because because the term citizen is like we've already covered. It's sort of like a contract where you're sort of submitting yourself. And I, I, we don't like to use the word state citizen too much, the term state citizen, because it, it's an implied contract. OK, so we we like to say nat, national. OK, but, but state citizens. OK, it's not the end of the world. OK, so here we have uh, twinning versus New Jersey from 1908. State citizens are the only ones living under free government whose rights are incapable of impairment by legislation or judicial decision. So we have absolutely nothing to do with, if, if, if the District of Columbia decided they wanted to do whatever, it has nothing to do with us. We're actually a foreign government. We're a whole foreign world. We're literally classified as a foreign government, which is actually literally defined in 18 U.S.C. 11, foreign government defined. So the definition of a foreign government is, is any government, faction, or body of insurgents within a country with which the District of Columbia, which I replaced there for the United States, is at peace, irrespective of recognition by the District of Columbia. So as long as you're at peace and you're, and you're, and you're outside of the District of Columbia... They don't need to officially recognize you, and you are, by their own definition, you are a foreign government defined, which is why we are a non-combative movement. We are a non-combative movement because as long as we prove we're at peace, we are officially a foreign government from the federal corporation, which protects us.
3: Do you find that that may be one of those loopholes because peace can be viewed as subjective? So you're like, hey, I'm not I'm at peace, but actually speaking out against a corporation is damaging for their bottom line. So therefore, that's not peaceful for their bottom line in human trafficking and anything else that they want to engage in. So could that be considered a threat because it's a threat to their bottom line, the company of the United States? Like, is it
2: No, no. And the reason why is because I believe and it's not an egotistical belief. I believe I am their only get-out-of-jail-free card. And what I mean by that is that if if I was made the president of the du jour government, which people have talked about, which is hilarious, Pickle Man is going to be the president of America. I would love
3: it. You got my vote. That's the only time I'd vote, and I'd vote for you.
2: Uh, if that were to happen, I am probably the only person in the whole country that would not have these people strung up and and murdered in public over a very long, prolonged period of time. This is why you're on the show. The problem is is there's a lot of people, I believe, there are a lot of people who are involved in this whole system that once they learn about what's going on in the system, they feel like they can't walk away because if they walk away, they're just going to be murdered or or destroyed or, or ripped apart or something like that. Right. So I feel that the power of forgiveness is so powerful because it allows these people to just simply put their guns down and walk away once they realize what they're involved in and they go, holy fuck, they think to themselves, the only people who are going to protect me are the criminals behind the curtain. But I feel like through the power of forgiveness, I can be, um, it reminds me of a Sun Tzu quote, Sun Tzu... Uh, golden bridge
3: we well, got me fired up dude. because we talk about like writing new scripts for people in your environment that you're creating everything you know this solid solid idea I mean it's all up to you and so whenever you send even these air quotes lizard tours we've talked about this is it maybe there's no bad guy here maybe all this is a motivational tactic but really what they've done here is shown you a template for us to be empowered for and freeing ourselves out of and everything's pretty much already there. It's not something we have to completely rewrite. It's just, we get clear on what it really means and then act in it rather than this subservient system to a fucking mafia government, dude.
2: Yeah. The, the way that law is structured for better or for worse, they always have to give you a remedy for every time they, they fucking trap you down. So, so what they do is they create the trap, they create the remedy and then they hide the remedy and then they, they obfuscate the remedy and then they try to bury it as deep as they possibly can they just do that same that's their tactic they just do the same thing over and over they create a trap they create a remedy to the trap and then they hide the remedy they create another trap they create a remedy to that trap then they hide that remedy it's that 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 process of doing that over and over and over and over and over again combined with all of the brainwashing like Everywhere you look, they talk about all the movies and all the TV shows and everything else. You have to have a bar license. You have to have a legal degree to be a lawyer. No one can understand law. It's too complicated. U.S. citizen. Hooray, hooray. Yay. Yay for America. Yay for U.S. citizen. It's all brainwashing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what Sun Tzu says is build your opponent a golden bridge to retreat across. And the reason why is because because uh it's it's a it's a well-known tactic in 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 warfare that uh you push all your troops up against a river and you burn all the ships and 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 one third of a force can wipe out a force that's three times the size of that force so desperation create can create a lot of power in a group or in an individual right so so what sun tzu is saying is he's saying don't don't ever let that build up into into like a spirit don't ever let that build up into like a like a spiritual strength for the enemy. Always build them their own little built-in blow-off valve. That and way what? that way they can run across the golden bridge that you built. That's what that's what I he, that's, what I, that's okay. what I say. He's saying here, right? Well, it is, so, and
3: it's it's uh it's about humbling yourself in a in a huge way because you're saying, look, I, we know you're part of us. It's just we don't want we're not involved in what you're doing, so your presence is not welcome here. So we're gonna show you an exit out. In fact, we're gonna build you a beautiful way out, and we're just gonna obfuscate ourselves from this. We're emancipating ourselves from this system, and that's what that's what I'm so fascinated about this with, man, is because we've been doing it in every other way. And it seems now this is just sort of the next step. I mean, it's obvious, obviously the next step because this is a withdrawal, again, of your energy from a system that we'd rather not participate in. It's the old story of the two wolves, love and fear. The grandson asks his grandfather, which one grows? Grandfather says, the one you feed. And we're done feeding fear. And so with this, it's empowerment. Like you said, you know, first it'll it it'll piss you. It sets you free and then it'll piss you off. But there's another level to that, which which is what we're discussing here. And that's when you've the dust has settled on your emotions you've been able to come to terms with this stuff and then you're ready for action and actionable uh terms is what you're including here so that it's it's exactly you're so on the right show in so many ways brother
2: thank you yeah well i appreciate the opportunity to be here definitely so just to cover a more, some more of these case law pieces, it's just to solidify what we've covered so far. We have kitchens versus steel. A citizen of the United States is a citizen of the federal government. Here's Tashiro versus Jordan. That there is a citizenship of the United States and citizenship of a state. McDonnell versus the state. He was not a citizen of the United States. He was a citizen and voter of the state. One may be a citizen of the st- of a state and yet not a citizen of the United States. Uh, we have in our political system a government. This is uh, United States versus Cruikshank. Uh, we have in our political system a government of the United States and a government of each of the several states. The, the way that the original constitution and stuff is written is it's written as each of the original several states because at that time there was literally just several states they continued to use that same terminology even though there became more and more and more and more states so when they use the term each of the several states they're referring to all of the 50 independent nation states of america
1: gotcha
3: what is your definition of several i'm curious this is a sidetrack
2: uh i mean good question
3: Audience, take a moment to converge around yourself and ask yourselves, what's the definition of several? Mine's like in between three and seven, but more than two, but less than eight, I think is Ah, fucking take it. Look at that. Well, Does this is actually a better definition. Does mean three or seven? Separate or respective? This is actually a better
2: definition. This? because when they say several states they're actually i, I just totally realize this i've never looked this up before i like it yeah this is actually the definition they're referring to they're referring to the each of the separate nation states separate or respective yep oh, i just learned something look at that spanning so reality. so what they're referring to when they say each of the several states is they're saying each of the separate states right is distinct from a citizen or of one of these separate states separate nation states
3: separate right? or respective nation states yeah
2: okay um now this is really really fascinating this is from 1894. this right here is, is absolute irrefutable proof that the district of columbia does not have any jurisdiction over the 50 independent nation states of america the laws of congress In respect to those matters, do not extend into the territorial limits of the states, but only have force in the District of Columbia and other places that are within the exclusive jurisdiction of the national government. Now, this quote is why they have to trick the ever loving fuck out of you in order to tax you or give you tickets or pull you over. They have to have all this stuff or you're signing under penalty of perjury stating that you live in the District of Columbia in order for them to have any jurisdiction at all whatsoever. Right? Mm -hmm. The United States government is a foreign corporation with respect to a state. Another quote? Lowercase. Well, some of these don't matter because they're really old and, and it just wasn't the same system back then, but yes. Some of these older ones, you have to be a little more careful with the capitalization. Like a lot of the newer stuff, it's really clear. Um, So here is one that's very, very important that people have to keep in mind.
1: Uh, Let's see. Um, This is an interesting
2: one. The term citizen, this is from uh, State versus Manuel. Uh, The term citizen in the United States is analogous to the term subject in common law. The change of phrase has resulted in the change of government from the change in government, right? Literally subject. So if you don't like to be, to be uh, described as a subject of the federal corporation, the word citizen means the same thing in respect to usage when describing uh, your situation involving the, the District of Columbia, okay? Um, mm, there's a difference between privileges and immunities belonging to the citizens of the United States as such and those belonging to the citizens of each state as such. That comes from Rustrat versus the people. And I'm going to cover... That, that's going to rip your skull off. Tax, this one's going to rip your skull off too. Taxpayers are not state citizens. That comes Mm -hmm. from Belmont versus Town of Gulfport. A lot of you guys, we're going to get into taxation, but... Uh, For those of you wondering about taxes, a U.S. citizen is taxed on everything. A national or state citizen uh, is not, by definition, a taxpayer. And I can prove that even farther by going to USC uh, 26 USC 7701, which is a definition section inside of the Internal Revenue Code. We can go down to subsection 14 and you can read this out loud.
3: The term taxpayer means any person subject to an internal revenue tax.
2: So if you are subject to Internal revenue tax, you are a taxpayer. If you are not subject to internal revenue tax, then you are not a taxpayer. A national or state citizen would not be by definition a taxpayer, and that is doubly confirmed by Belmont versus Town of Gulfport. Okay. And
3: To anybody out there also that's sitting here going, oh, but if we don't pay taxes and they're not going to fix our roads, I could barely get it out without um, with a straight face. Uh, they don't do that anyway. They send your money somewhere else or black budget projects. That I mean, Rumsfeld came out a day before, uh, September 11th, 2001, and said that they lost, what, $23 trillion? Just poof. And so if you're concerned about your little uh, taxpayer money um, because you're just withdrawing from a system, there's plenty of people still participating in it. And either way, uh, this is a far better system because I'll go out there and fix the roads with you. Like we'll get your engineering buddy out there and we'll actually do it ourselves.
2: So it's very depressing to hear this. Uh, It's all part of the scam. So because of the way that America is structured financially, uh, no, not one penny of any of any tax you've ever paid, including state tax, federal income tax, uh, sales tax, city tax, or any other kind of tax you'd like to name has ever gone toward anything having to do with the country at all whatsoever. Uh, the, 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 all of that tax money goes towards the interest payment on the loan. All of that money goes to the, um, Internal Revenue Service, the Internal Revenue Service gives all of that money to the International Monetary Fund. And then the International Monetary Fund flows that money up to their mother organization, which is actually the United Nations. That is the flow line of every single penny that anyone listening to this show has ever paid towards any taxation ever since the day they were born. Just to be clear. Now, the way that they get around all that is they say, now you got to be very literal. It's all about words, right? They say, your money goes towards the country. Your money goes towards the military. Your money goes towards the roads. When they say towards, they means in the direction of, but never actually makes it there (laughs) because it's it's just an interest payment.
3: Oh, fell in my pocket before it made it.
2: It fell in a pocket before it made it. Because if 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 it if it, because technically, as per the codes, once the interest is paid off and the principal is paid off, then the rest of the money goes towards the country and the roads and everything else. The problem is, is, that they've set it up to where none of the money actually ever makes it see those filters ever. There Not is a
3: there's a toll road in Houston called Beltway 8, and shout out anybody in Houston that's paid that thing for fucking uh, too goddamn long. That road has been paid off, I mean, for a long time. And tolls were supposed to only exist to pay the construction of the road off so that citizens could use it, and then they remove the tolls. But they build them pretty in there, you know, that doesn't look like a temporary structure, and they don't ever take them down.
2: That's all part of the plan, because it's all part of the the digital state that they're trying to put in. And then they're trying to put in the 15 minute cities and the tolls. And it's all part of the, it's all part of the master plan of of putting everything together. You know what I
3: mean? But you don't have to participate in it. And that's what we're doing here.
2: Well, if we, if we don't take action and we don't start moving out of the system now, there, there may be a day here coming up pretty soon that we, we can't get out anymore. That's you the, really that's the that? scary part. Well, Do you really they, feel that way if they continue with all this digital horse shit and they continue with digital money and they continue with everything else. Yeah. I I mean, eventually. um,
3: Do you think that would just mean the currency that, that egregore that we call money is just different now and it's, you know, not backed by shit anyway. And I know you're going to cover it, but it's an interesting thing to think that our system dependent on money is the reason why it would crumble. Do you, do you think that that is the case?
2: Uh, Yes, but it's just not money anymore. <laughs> that's the part that makes it, it's actually not even money. It's actually, it's actually just, it's all just promises and promissory Well, notes.
3: that's what I mean. We'll we'll get into just that because later, though. we're promising somebody else something, couldn't we just promise each other stuff instead?
2: You 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 can. It's literally that simple. To, you can even take it a step further. You could even promise to pay all your bills, and technically they, they discharge. So we can get into all that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Like I got into that on the legit bat, you know. But let's 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 continue on this line a little bit longer. Um, what I want to cover now is I want to cover uh, what rights do you have as a U.S. citizen, right? And um, we're going to start with the Supreme Court Jones versus Timmer says the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment protects very few rights because it neither incorporates the Bill of Rights nor protects all rights of individual citizens. Instead, this provision protects only those rights peculiar to being a citizen of the federal government. It does not protect those rights which relate to state citizenship. Meaning the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with true Americans. It only has to do with Federal employees or officials. Right. Um, an individual state citizen has uh, unalienable uh, constitutional rights, while a U.S. citizen, which is a creature of the state, has privileges and civil rights and is held subject to all policies, rules, codes, and statutes, the same as any other public servant. So a U.S. citizen is basically just a public servant. It's it's literally a government employee. And I'm going to cover, I have some proof on that as well that I will show you guys. Um, That's very, very clear on that. And there's just a couple other things I wanted to cover here. And then we'll move on to that section of the presentation. This is going to be,
1: let's see here.
2: Let's see
1: here.
2: Oh, here it is. This one, this one's, this one's just a crusher. Okay, this one. If you're not angry yet, you're about to be. Okay, this is Supreme Court case U.S. versus Valentine. The only, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna replace, I'm gonna replace. uh, No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna say the original here. The only. Absolute and unqualified right of a United States citizen is to residence within the territorial boundaries of the United States. Meaning you only have one right as a U.S. citizen, and that's to be physically located in the District of Columbia.
3: Wasn't that that's where you what, have to be to be bent over by the government? Yes. Mm.
2: That's why you need a concealed carry permit. That's why you need a driver's license. That's why you need a hunting and fishing license. That's why you need a license to be a doctor. That's why you need a license to be a chiropractor. That's why you need a license to do anything with medicine. That's why you need a license for this, and a license for that, and a license for this, and a tax for this, and a tax for that. Because you only have one right. You don't have the right to bear arms. You don't have the right to travel. You don't have the right to um, uh, pursue happiness or whatever. Uh, I think that's part of the Constitution, you know, like uh, pursuit of happiness. You don't have the right to pursue. You actually literally don't have the right to pursue happiness as a U.S. citizen. Okay. Now this gets even uglier. So we have here uh, a U.S. citizen, upon leaving the District of Columbia, Becomes involved in interstate commerce. And since they are, I'm going to reword some of this is a little bit confusing. And since they are a resident of quote, the United States and they've left the United States, they do not have the common law right to travel, uh, as does a national have. So, so, so you become basically like a stateless nomad, When you state that you're a U.S. citizen, you're not physically located in the District of Columbia. I mean, I mean, technically speaking, it's almost illegal to even exist outside of the District of Columbia as a U.S. citizen. So what happens is you become you become a lost. Like like broken nomad. That is that is just completely wandering through the forest and and essentially the way they view it is you're you're on some sort of like interstate intercountry commercial journey that god knows what you're doing basically that's essentially how they look at it okay now at that point is a good point we're going to move into the next section which is 22 CFR 51.3 this is proof as to everything i've just explained to you Uh, This is a section of the Code of Federal Regulations involving the various types of passports you can get. So obviously, you're this weird nomadic freak that's stateless, okay? And I'm going to show you proof as to why that is. So 99% of everybody in America has what's called an official passport. When you write that you're a U.S. citizen on everything, including your passport, this is the kind of passport you're going to be getting, Uh, The first three definitions uh, are all related to uh, the District of Columbia and being a U.S. citizen. And then we start moving into a different type of passport, which I will explain. And then I'll explain another type entirely above that point. Okay. Official passport definition number one. An officer or employee of the U.S. government traveling abroad to carry out official duties and family members of such persons. So let's go back. Okay, so you're uh, leaving the District of Columbia. You must be involved in interstate commerce. That's exactly what they're saying here. And official passport number one, you're an officer or employee of the U.S. government traveling abroad to carry out official duties. Abroad, the definition of abroad means outside the District of Columbia. Definition number two, a U.S. government personal services contractor Traveling abroad to carry out official duties on behalf of the U.S. government. Definition number three, a non-personal services contractor traveling abroad to carry out duties in support of and pursuant to a contract with the U.S. government when the contractor is unable to carry out such duties using a regular or service passport. Now, definition number four is when we start getting into like a bit of a hybrid. Okay, it's kind of like a, a national you're pretty much a national at this point, but it's kind of like you're representing the corporation. It's kind of a strange one. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll cover it now. An official or employee of a state, local, tribal, or territorial government traveling abroad to carry out official duties in support of the U S government. So that one's a bit of like a hybrid. This is your first level where you no longer live in the District of Columbia. It would be an official passport, uh, section subsection four. Okay. Now the one that you want, there's another one called a diplomatic passport, which which I've never really covered in any show. And I didn't really understand it until really recently because we were able to find some deeper information on this, which I guess I can i can cover uh i don't know a lot about this i have a diplomatic passport i I, i'm not even totally sure exactly how i got it uh this is sort of a a work in progress i'll cover it as an exclusive for the show uh but the one that we want to cover right now that we've got really taped is this one go ahead and read this one out loud
3: a regular passport which is a regular passport is issued to a nation national of the united states
2: You got nothing to do with the corporation. You're gone, man. You don't live in the District of Columbia.
3: But it says a national of the United States. So it still says the way it's capitalized, I'm just asking, is is it a national of the corporation or can you be a national of the corporation? Are they non sequiturs?
2: A national of the corporation is 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 someone who lives outside of, but but there still is always going to be a connection to the corporation. And the reason why is because of two sections that I know of, of the United States code, where the, the federal corporation actually swears to actually protect you. Okay. So what happens is when you become a national, everything flips. When you become a national, the federal corporation works for you you become the beneficiary and the federal corporation is the trustee, right? And they've sworn to protect you internationally. And they actually call you an internationally protected person. And they use six different terms to describe what you are when you become national. They use the term foreign government, which we've already cleared at 18 USC 11, which is any group or faction or body of insurgents uh, that is at peace, regardless of whether they've been officially recognized by the United States. That's a foreign government another another term is foreign official another term is internationally protected person another term is international organization another term that you're already familiar with is national of the united states another term is official guest you can use any of these six terms now now it's it's even more cool so these are the six standard terms the seventh term that you can use to describe yourself as a national is your state nationality name for example yours would be texan mine would be californian now myself as a californian and you as a texan we actually are foreigners to one another in the law you're a foreign friend right like when i write to the irs which i don't do anymore because i don't bother i i force them to call me foreign friend that is the term that i force them to use when they're communicating to me okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the thing is is that is that when when you when you do this you can use any of these six terms. Let's say for example you get pulled over and they ask you you know what you know what are you doing or where do you live or whatever you say I'm an official guest of the United States. And that's what I have on my um I have a private motor carrier DOT number and registration and I put on there that I'm an official guest of the United States as per 18 USC 112, All right? Now you can use that term, you can use any of these terms. I can use Californian, I can use foreign government, foreign official, internationally protected person. If I want to seem like a badass, I'll use the word internationally protected person. Yeah. If I want to seem like I'm like I'm a, a foreign diplomat, I'll say foreign government. If I want to be like gentler and I want to be softer like with a police officer, I'll use the term official guest. If I want to be more technical, if I'm working with the passport office, I'll use national of the United States. So you can use any of these terms.
3: I like it because it gives you options. You know, we're big fans of that. Yeah. And it's situationally dependent as well. And I like that uh, there's a softness to it. There's a diplomacy involved in your choice.
2: You can choose whichever one you want. Exactly right. So, so this one and then also 18 USC 956. Now it's really interesting. This one's really fascinating, and, and this one's gonna blow a lot of people's minds. Okay. So the definition of the term kidnap is to take someone from a location and bring them into another different location against their will. If you're a US citizen, then technically when the police officer arrests you on the side of the road and drags you into the jail cell, they didn't actually kidnap you as per the legal definition. You were in the district of Columbia originally and then they dragged you into an area that's in the district of Columbia. When you're a national, it's actually kidnapping. Because you are a foreign you're a foreigner, and what they do is they they take you forcibly from a a, a a non-incorporated nation state and they drag you into the police station, which technically in law is considered part of the District of Columbia, basically. Right. So 18 U.S.C. 956 is a section that literally covers special protections that we have as foreigners in terms of kidnapping. So what happens is when you become a national, uh, you 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 are still connected to the foreign corporation, but instead of the foreign corporation thinking that you're a fucking retarded piece of shit, they think that you're highly intelligent and beautiful, and they wanna they wanna protect you and and assist you in any way possible.
3: Yeah, that one,
2: and that's basically how how that works. So back to this, when you get this this regular passport, now. As an exclusive to this show i'll go ahead and cover diplomatic passport okay a diplomatic passport is issued to a foreign service officer or to a person having diplomatic status or comparable status because he or she is traveling abroad to carry out diplomatic duties on behalf of the u.s government when authorized by the department spouses and family members of such persons may be issued diplomatic passports When authorized by the department, a diplomatic passport may be issued to a U.S. government contractor if the contractor meets the eligibility requirements for a diplomatic passport and the diplomatic passport is necessary to complete his or her contractual duties in support of the U.S. government. So there is a connection to the U.S. government, um, but they're considered a foreign service officer. So it's kind of like a hybrid again. uh, I feel like it does actually describe. What I am because I am not, I am not an enemy of, of the U S government, the the federal corporation. I, I, I actually, I mean, I guess you could go as far as to say that I am in support of, of, of the U S government, because all you have to do is make a few tweaks. For example, I was on the show yesterday with, with this guy who I was telling you, who's got all the, uh, the veterans and the, and the law enforcement and the police. And I told them, I said, you guys want to fix this country. You want to fix it overnight. So fucking easy. Just repeal the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment is what created the U.S. citizen status. If you repeal the 14th Amendment, the Federal Reserve collapses, the District of Columbia collapses, and it's like a fucking reboot button, bro. Hmm. You want? It's going to be gold and silver coins, full freedom, guns everywhere, uh, uh, police are gone, it's just a sheriff's office is all that's left. You want to talk about the the easy button like what you see from um target or whatever the hell or or staples or whatever you want the easy button repeal the 14th amendment
3: i'm excited Boom, about carrying little leather pouches around for all the coins
2: literally yeah. literally that that's that's what you repeal the 14th amendment and what happens is now you're in the you're in the nation state of texas i'm in the nation state of california the passport is basically a federal document that allows me to travel from one nation to another nation. That's what the fucking passport is all about. The passport is, is it, it, it's not a passport. International travel in the Republic of the nation States of the 50 States of America is state to state travel. Mm. That is international travel legally. So the thing is the passport is is yes it's international travel by air now keep in mind passports have special rules for land sea and air it's all different rules like for example on my passport card if i read the back of my passport card right now on this podcast it says valid for domestic air travel international land and sea travel between the u.s canada mexico the caribbean and bermuda not valid for international air travel. So you can travel by land and sea to a whole bunch of other countries just with a passport card. You have to use the passport book, which you get whenever you do any of these special passports, you get the book and the card, as long as you check that you want both the book and the card on the DS-11 application form. That said, let's cover diplomatic passport for the first time ever on a show. I've never done this. So we're going to go to something I just recently found. I don't even know what this is. I actually don't, this is like so cutting edge that I literally don't even really know what I'm looking at fully. Uh, We're looking at a passport endorsement section. What half this shit means. I don't even know. And we don't even really know necessarily exactly what, uh, these numbers mean. I don't even know exactly where on my passport these numbers are even located. We think we might know, which is the little area below our picture, and I'm pretty sure that's where the endorsement is located. But we just we just don't totally know because, for example, mine. I have no idea how I got this endorsement. <laughs> so the word endorsement is is a good word to to clear up first. Okay, so so. The word endorsement it means um the the act of giving public approval or support right and and that and that or 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 allowing someone to do something or like approving of someone to do something and you would think like oh you're getting like a license well if you go back to the types of passports they're not necessarily giving you a license It's more like it's more like a a official identification that shows that 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 there's like a friendly thing here. We're working together. It's it's a different kind of a. It's not like a driver's license, which is like fuck you. You can't drive without this. You fucking piece of shit. That's not what a passport is. A pass a passport is more like like we're in friendly communication and we're on the same level. And this is like a relationship card or 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 book. Kind of. Do you know what I'm
3: saying? Yeah, it's a you do you, we'll do us.
2: Yeah. See, it's a diplomatic passport issued to a. It's a foreign service officer or a person uh, traveling abroad to carry out diplomatic duties on behalf of. It's not like it's not saying like like this guy's our bitch and we're sending him out to do our work. It's Mm -hmm. like he 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 has this purpose, and he's going out, and it benefits us as the U.S. government, and like we're just showing that they're that we're like officially. Sanctioning the fact that yeah, like this guy's not full of shit or something. It's 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 something along those lines. That's the what the word endorsement well, means, right? It's a, it's not a license.
3: Hey, just wanted to pop in here and let you know that this episode absolutely continues, and we do appreciate you hopping over to the next part. This was split into two parts, not by my own choosing. When I went to upload this damn thing, they said, Mm-mm, "Can't do it. It's too big and awesome and powerful." So you know what? We said, okay, you fuck it. We'll split it into two and upload it like that. So this is popping in here to let you know that this is the end of this episode, but go down there in the show notes. There's part two. It's a part two episode. Boom, pow. Love y'all. See you on the next one.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.